Hey there, folks. What do you know? It's the Uticast episode 178. It is sort of our Thanksgiving episode. Heather is on break with the fever, so we gave her the day off. But thankfully, we have an incredibly long interview with GFOP's Dave and Beth Coombs from Town Square Media from 98.7. Uh, they are on 5.30 to 10 a.m. Monday through Friday, but they're here for an hour talking about uh, all sorts of stuff with us. It was a great pleasure to have them on. Uh, also this week, we'll sort of briefly run through some of the bigger news topics of the week, but it is, is, there's some stuff, there's stuff to talk about, yeah, yeah, history lessons are here, no, it's good stuff, it's good stuff, uh, again, folks, episode 178, the Uticast, as always, we are ecstatic, super pleased and happy to have you here on this Thanksgiving Eve, Eve, oh yes. say before we even get into any proper show showing potting podcasting uh heather's not here this week she has a fever mm-hmm. and it's a couple days before thanksgiving i'm not going to drag her out here while she's not feeling good um nicer man than i am <laughs> has that ever been in debate that i'm a nicer guy than you i'm too nice nice I to a fault th- there have been times up and down I and mean, we've, we've both played the villain in our own respective <laughs> subplots i think i think <laughs> Well, it's like they say in that movie, uh, the one that everyone likes. You either live long enough to be the hero. No, wait. You die the hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become uh, the villain. Yes? Did I get that right? What? I don't know. Isn't what? It's from, from Batman. That's your movie. You know. That is my movie. Uh, well, I'm offended that you would butcher it like that. Episode uh, 178. Uh, I guess it's our Thanksgiving episode, which I honestly totally forgot about until So I did I. It. Somebody reminded me yesterday that Thanksgiving was this week. Dude, today's been such a comedy of errors for me. I can't yeah. even... I have a grad school paper that's due tomorrow mm-hmm. that I finished but needs to be checked. Uh-huh. I have a presentation I have to repair, which is why I have this tricolored cardboard board here that I'm making, like, uh, uh, an elementary, middle school-style, like, uh, presentation on for the uh-huh. rest of the night. Uh-huh. So if anyone wants to come help me cut out squares of paper with pictures of Christmas addicts on them, let me know. But if you're hearing this, it's already too late. It's too late. It's very true. Uh, and then I had a meeting after work that I forgot about, so I've been mm. running around like a madman, and it's just been... I will get no sleep until tomorrow, Tuesday, at like 8.30. And even then I won't, because I'm going to come home and I'm just going to play Fallout 76 for the rest of my life. So Yeah, it seems that way. <laughs> seems that way. You do be loving that video game. <laughs> uh, but no, it's just been one of those days. I'm one of those kind of guys who feels like they need to be in control of my regiment to get things done. I have like a plan, and I'm going to stick to my plan, and bam, 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 bam. Yeah, you're not good with just like going with it and flying by the seat of your pants. Not your strong suit. It depends on what it is. But yeah, I think <clears throat> you're right. Especially with something like this, which I consider like I need to take all this... like responsibility for it i do not do well with the flying by the seat of my pants especially because i don't have all the answers i don't have all the answers kev yeah i I think there's no question there 
<sighs> Thanksgiving is upon us. Uh, is. We'll talk a little bit more about that later, but what are you thankful for this year in 2018? <clears throat> Something you're thankful for. Um, I am thankful for having had the opportunity this weekend to play uh, Songs of My Friends. I was publicly. About that. Good time. Yeah. That was, uh, I was thankful for that. We had a really good time. Yeah, how'd the show go? Uh, the show went really good. So we played at the gig with um, a band that I guess is called Climbing Fairview. Climbing Fairview. Yeah, I guess. And so um, I wasn't. I must have. I must have missed the meeting on that part. But we had a great time though. We played with uh, you know local legend Gary Johnson, a couple other friends, and we did all like a lot of songs we listened to growing up. A lot of like you know the pop punk and that kind of thing going on. And it was a huge turnout, huge response. People at the gig said it was uh, the biggest crowd through the door they'd had in since they opened. Nice. Which was really cool. Uh, we had a really good time. Saw a lot of great friends out there. Uh, a lot of people having fun. So I really enjoyed it. That was the first time you've been to the gig. I first time I've ever been to the gig. What yeah. are your thoughts? <clears throat> nice, right? Super cool. Yeah. Cool really, really cool. Yeah. It's a cool spot. I could see where it would depend very much on the band playing. You know I'm what I mean? certainly not a casino guy. Mm -hmm. Like I don't go to the casino unless I'm going with people who like to play poker so I can watch and then right. I mean, but like, but in my experiences with the, the casino, I do find the new section that they built over there with all those new things is really, it's, it's super really nice. Something. So I had a weird time though, because I haven't been to the casino. I don't go to the casino much yeah. either, unless I'm going for a specific, specific reason, event, yeah. like if somebody's having a wedding or something like that. Um, and even when I do, <clears throat> I normally go and stick to the places I know. And there's been so much change up there in the last five years. So we loaded in all of our gear to the gig. We loaded in through a loading dock. We did sound check, um, got everything kind of set. And I was going to go to check into, I was staying at the hotel, not the tower, but the hotel. And so I was going to go to find my room. It took me probably 20 minutes of wandering around like a maze trying to find my way over there, find my way back to this different bar motif. It's crazy how much stuff they've added in just five years. Oh, yeah. Hell of a maze up there. Mm. And they don't do a great job of pointing you in the right direction. Oh, no, it's either. a bit of a cluster, is it? Especially once you get on that gaming floor. They're not trying to give you too many outs. Well, okay, so that's like the dirty secret, right? The idea of a casino is that once you're in the gaming floor, mm. they want you to not have any idea Never leave. what the outside world Never looks leave. like. No yeah. clocks, no anything that resembles leaving. Mm -hmm. But they also do want people to come check out all this cool stuff they built, yeah. right? Like, So it's kind of a fine line. But it forces you because if it was easier for me, I guess, to get a direct route to go to where I had to go to check in for my hotel... I wouldn't have wandered through all these new things that I hadn't seen, That's I guess. True. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I haven't had enough money to go gambling lately. But I, mean, I, get I don't like to gamble. Just the simple fact that I don't have money has always made me feel a little uncomfortable about gambling. I do like poker. I like to play a game of poker. Yeah. And I like betting on sports. I would definitely probably bet on sports if I had more disposable income. Because I do think I know what I'm talking about, like all mm. sports fans do. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't. I don't like the idea of like I'm gonna go play back a rack and lose like seven hundred dollars. Even right? like, when I'm doesn't... flush and I've got like some money to burn, I'm gonna play back a rack. Like who the hell? <laughs> I don't know. I Do don't they even have that casinos I don't, I have anymore? No idea. Um, <laughs> no, but like even when I've got like a bunch of money, you know what I mean. Even if I'm flush and like it doesn't, you know, it wouldn't really be the end of the world if I went and lost, you know, hundred bucks, something like that. If I go to a casino and I bet ten dollars and I lose, I'm mad as hell. Angry. That's ten dollars yep. I used I was... to have and I got nothing <laughs> I was for just it. Just gonna say it's and, true. It's not the losing the money; it's the fact that I lost that bothers me. Yeah, and listen, it's just in general, I'm not I'm not some like frugal maniac. Certainly, I make all sorts of questionable spending decisions. But like, when it comes down to it, the the gamble is not fun enough. And I've even I've gone to the casino and I've won before. You know what I mean? I've played and been like, oh, I won a hundred bucks, and that's nice. But it's not so nice that it's going to make me go back out there and run it back. 
If you had to gamble in a casino game, what are you playing right now? Uh, do they still have that wild uh, Sickbo game up Sickbo. there? Sickbo. That's uh, Sickbo, where they roll the three dice and you pick the over-unders and all that <laughs> stuff. I really think that they should do um, Casino CeeLo. Where yeah. the dice game. Like, so they should start uh-huh. prepping it like well, this. that's kind of what Sickbo was. It's kind of like CeeLo, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, don't, they should have Casino Pitch, but that seems like it would get really unruly No, because really I feel like the quickly. problem with Pitch, there's too much, there's not enough control there's for no the deal. house yeah, yeah. Pitch. Yeah, yeah. You can't, yeah. you're not really playing against somebody. It wouldn't work Get real contentious, I feel like. What you would have to do is like maybe... cheating. If you did a, yeah, tons of cheating. <laughs> so much cheating. Because anything with a partnered game, there's no... You know, at each other. There's no guarantee. Like, if you and me were pitch partners, and I'm like, all right, listen, when we get in there, because even if you do like a buy-in tournament... Like, when we get in there, like, if I rub my eyebrow, that means don't outbid me. Or, like, if I touch my nose, that means I'm strong in hearts or whatever. It would, I'm not saying that you and I would That's do a that. classic just People Parkinson would certainly, I was going to say, certain people would have the whole thing worked out. Oh, man. That's good stuff. Um, all right. So, yeah. Good stuff. I'm, you have more gigs coming up with this band? No. No. Um, no. Well, we, because our drummer, a uh, great friend of the pod, uh, Tommy, is due back on board his cruise ship in January. So the next a, show will probably be August. Mm. I know a really mediocre drummer. Yeah. Who can sing backups. I'll Interesting. Call, I'll call him. Give him a call. Series. Well, I know a guy who would be a great drummer to fill in while Tommy's on the ship, but he's moved to Los Angeles. Yes. Uh, we weren't going to... We'll talk about him a little bit later, but yes, uh, I've not heard from him at all. He actually... You know what's funny about this? He could still be here, and I wouldn't know. He's very I've, mysterious. No, I've seen he's a, he's the very least in Tennessee. No, I know he's I know he's seen he did photos leave. he's posted <laughs> at Maris Customs down in Tennessee. Um Oh look, our, our interview guests are here. Uh so oh, let's let's sort of just run through I do have like three or four news stories I wanted to touch on. We're gonna I know we should wait another week. Um I know we should wait another week. Right. You wanna wait another week to talk about this stuff? We can I don't know. I saw some news today. I don't. My the problem is, I know if I start celebrating and dancing on the Wicked Witch's grave, that karma in the universe will mm. do something to ruin it for me. I know I'm going to discuss it during the interview this week with, okay. with our guests, okay. so we can hold off. But yeah. uh, at the moment, the current reporting is showing that uh, Brindisi is extending his lead over Claudia Tinney. Uh, she is only quoted as saying she is waiting until all the votes come in before commenting. Which it's in itself is a comment, but whatever. I'm just going to mm-hmm. leave that where it is. Um, so we'll wait. All right, we will move on. Let's wait. We'll put uh, a pin in it. There are three other stories I did want to discuss before we bring in uh, Dave and Beth. Um, one, we didn't talk about Jim Acosta and Trump's sort of feud that's been brewing for about two weeks now. Jim Acosta, the head of right, CNN, yeah, yeah, yeah. reporter on CNN. So update today is Trump rescinded Jim Acosta's press credentials. Mm-hmm. And then CNN sued the Trump administration or attempted mm-hmm. to do it. And then Fox, of all people, Fox News, backed CNN in the lawsuit. And then this morning, the White House restores his credentials. It's been a really weird saga. Yeah. And then Trump also said today that, uh, <sighs> you know, if it costs to X up, I'm going to kick him out. I'm going to kick him out if he acts up, which I think just defeats the whole purpose of what the whole point of this was. Well, I mean, that, that's that's what always happens. Okay, do you remember when, like, again, this might be a explain it to Sam like I'm an idiot. Weren't there more press conferences two years ago? Yeah, of course there were. 
And we're just letting it go. They're just not talking to us anymore. Because <laughs> you, you've seen them out there. You can't put the guy out there. No, day. what about, what's her name? Uh, Sanders. What happened to her? You can't really put her out there anymore either. <laughs> they. I think you. what happens is you run up to like a time limit for people <sighs> where they can't be credited. Like, like Giuliani was on TV for what? Like two months? And then all of a sudden, just gone. No, never see him anymore. He's just gone because he lost it. Yeah. I, I wonder... Yeah, it can't happen to Trump because, unfortunately, he's, like, frustratingly captivating. And I hate to right. say He is. So many people talk about him all yeah, the time. They talk about him. I, hmm. I don't know if, if captivating is mean, the right... I don't mean captivating in a positive sense, but there, there is something about him that people feel the need to talk about him one way or the other all the time. We talk about him on the show. Everyone talks about him all day long, right? It, a lot of people do. Yeah. Uh, and other politics news that doesn't have to do with Trump... Uh, 16 Democrats came out today signing a letter opposing uh, Nancy Pelosi as Speaker of the House. I didn't get an actual list of the 16 people who signed mm-hmm. it, so I don't mm-hmm. know if it's anyone we know or if mm-hmm. uh, Anthony did or anything. He but did not. He did not. Okay, maybe another explain it. I-, I know that people don't like Pelosi, but is it just because she's tainted or did she do something that... No, it's because, it's because she's a woman and it's mm. because they've been... <laughs> You'll see with a lot of these people, a lot of the Fox News folks, a lot of the conservative folks, you'll see a lot of stuff. It's like, I'm okay with a woman leader, but not this woman. Not this one. And not this one. And not this one. I mean, how yes. many how many things, no, how many how many commercials do we see where it's like, oh, she's a rubber star, Nancy Pelosi's evil black and white image with like scary orchestral music. The whole, the reason that, you know, that they get pushed so much against mm. her is because, you know, she's effective. She's been a pretty effective mm. leadership in Congress and it's a weird thing that people on the left have a way of doing yeah. where they sort of eat their own. Yeah. So, like, she'll get attacked on both sides. One side by being like, oh, well, she's not progressive enough. And the other side being she's too progressive and everything in the middle. And I feel like with, you know, Democrats retaking control of power in the House, um, I think it would be certainly much more effective to have a proven and effective leader who knows how the game works and everything. Mm. And I understand that we've got all this progressive change and everything working in and, you know, and going forward, but right now we're going to need an effective, proven leader, not somebody who's going to learn on the job. So I think it should be okay, and I don't think now is the time for the Democratic Party to be eating itself from the inside out because the right-wing news media machine does a good enough job of doing that. I just want to say, I did get an update from a, uh, a source in the living room saying that Bernice did sign this bill. Did he? Yeah, he did. I was reading today looking for him mm-hmm. specifically, and so I didn't did. see it on yeah. there. So there you go. Next update. time I see him, I'll let him know what I think. I mean, we talked about his stance on Pelosi last time. Yeah. We talked to him on the show. So if you want to know what he thinks about it, go ahead and listen to it. I was actually surprised I didn't see his name on it, so yeah. I'm glad that that was uh I think it's interesting that a lot of people on the left can um, disagree on things without, like, wanting to fight each other. <laughs> it's wild, isn't it? Or without falling into, like, weird, like, lockstep. Yeah. Be like, hey, you think this. I don't think this. Let's talk about why. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Now let's keep going back to work. All right, and the last story this week is about the Boy Scouts. Mm-hmm. Did you read about the Boy Scouts? They're changing their name. and To they- what? The, okay, so they're changing their name to Scouts BSA, like Boy Scouts of America. Yeah. And the reason is they want to include girls uh-huh. into the program. Cool. Which is fine and seems inclusive, except who's annoyed about this? Uh, geez. Probably a lot of people. The Girl Scouts, because they're getting undercut here. Makes sense. The actually. Boy Scouts are cutting the like, Girl Scouts. We already scouts. got Scouts. We already got Scouts. We don't want to join your Scouts. You guys have popcorn. We have cookies. <laughs> I think that argument is pretty settled right there. We've got the cookies. <laughs> Keep your popcorn. I I understand to a certain extent the point basically is that like older scouts programs in the past like have accepted women but girls could never get like eagle scout or like higher right. levels of boy scout in that way. So to a certain extent I feel like 
really invested in scouts, I could see mm-hmm. where you might want to step into it. But I don't know. It seems it seems weird that the Boy Scouts would just undercut the Girl Scouts in that way. I just hope that um, I because I think you know I was in Boy Scouts for a while when I, I was too. a kid, yeah. and I didn't stick with it once I got into like getting into like middle school. You're getting the different interests and stuff like that. And you just got other things to sort of take your time, but. Uh, specifically, if they would divest themselves from the religious aspect of the Boy Scouts, mm-hmm. I think it would be an awesome thing to really pour behind for you know both young boys and young girls because they teach a lot of skills that you know with each mm-hmm. passing year becoming more and more kind of forgotten and stuff you don't learn all the time. And I learned a lot of you know really interesting, cool things and things that I think were pretty effective in helping growth. So I don't know. I hope it works for them. <laughs> Put them all together. Put the cookies and the popcorn together. It'll be great. Oh, cookie popcorn. I'm into it. Uh, all right, so let's let's take a break. Uh, let's let uh, Beth come in here and uh, let her go home and enjoy your family after you this. Got both or one? I haven't turned around. I didn't so turn no around yet, so we'll, we'll see who's out there when I open the door. <laughs> uh, so let's let's get to this week's interview. Uh, this is either the third time for Beth or the second and third time for Dave and Beth, depending on who's out there. We'll find out when I open the door. It'll be a mystery to us all. Episode one seventy eight. Back in just a minute. Tri-colored or these tri-panel boards. Tri-folds, yeah. From like, I, I have to put together a poster presentation, which is why I have all sorts of uh, glue sticks and scissors on the table out there. I don't know if you happen to know. You go, that. yeah. Yeah, there's like a picture of Crispus Attucks out there for someone who, who knows about the Revolutionary War. Nick Slade. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the first man yep. shot. Uh, yep. That's yeah. a pretty good one. There you go. And of course, we're joined uh, by Beth and Dave Coombs. I think this is the second time for you, yes. Dave, and the third time for you. It's Beth. officially a threesome for me. You can have me back as a solo sometime <laughs> so I catch up to her. If yeah. You Do you guys remember the last time you were on? Yes. Really? Wow. Good for it was, you. Well, what? you mean like the exact time or, or dates? Well, I was going to say, I have the dates here. I was just curious. Oh, it was gosh. warm, and it was right after we it, it started was in Town Square, yeah. I think. It's right. It was right after you guys started counting. So it had to be like July or August. Yeah. Episode 110, that was 68 weeks ago. So that's wow. one year wow. and four months. That's and a long time. And though. this is episode number. Oh, God, 178. Wow. Holy Good for you bananas. guys. Good, Good for, for you guys, you. by the way. Yeah. No, honestly, it's only because I'm an insane <laughs> maniac, and I feel like if I don't do this every week, I will lose the routine that helps me survive my daily yeah. life. See, but I think that that maniacs make the world a better place. You know? I, I think there's like a fine line between uh, like being a maniac and being really creative. And it's sometimes you go back sure. and It's very close. Sure. Steve Jobs, case in point. You know, I just watched, you guys watch, you guys like Netflix people mm-hmm. at all? Yes. Mm-hmm. I just watched this Netflix documentary called The 90s. And they did a whole episode about Steve Jobs and Bill Gates about technology in the nineties. I haven't seen the nineties. I did hear somebody was watching. Is there another one called the eighties? There's seventies. There's the eighties and the nineties. Okay, because some another friend of mine was saying they were watching the eighties one. Mm-hmm. We're big documentary watchers, but usually like true crime. We were just watching one about a, 
a basketball player the for Baylor. The scandal at Baylor University Baylor. back in, like in the early thing. 2000s where one of the players was murdered, actually. Yes. Fascinating. And we're watching, and Beth fell asleep toward the end when all of a sudden <laughs> at the end of the at the Come end old. of the documentary, up pops Jim Beheim mm. in, a ba- in a documentary about a Baylor <laughs> University. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> And it was it was interesting. It was called Disgraced. Disgraced. Anyone, you know. Is that ESPN one or was it like a thirty for thirty? No, it was not. No, it was it like was... an hour and forty one minutes. Or yeah. Something. You know, as a history guy, mm-hmm. uh, I watch a lot of history documentaries with my kids in school, mm-hmm. and we do a lot of differentiated instruction. So mm-hmm. a lot of the way they want you to do things is they don't like to read it. Doing video content. So a few, a few weeks ago, we played this video for the kids, and it was celebrities of the time reading like the Constitution, and mm-hmm. the way they had oh, it cool. done. It was just a lineup of everybody, and it was like one tracking shot, and they would each say a line, and it would move and move and move and move. Mm-hmm. Mind you, this is from like 1997. Mm-hmm. So the first two celebrities were like Mel Gibson and Kevin Spacey. I was like, wow. Uh, oh, man. That didn't age well. It, it does not age well. <laughs> Times have changed. But, like, that's how, and I, and I don't mean to get into politics right off the bat, but that's what happens when I see like documentaries now from like the 2000s and the 90s that yeah. Trump shows up in, because mm-hmm. he shows up in some weird sure. documentaries. Yeah. Yeah. And movies. It's yeah, like, Home Alone too. It's just like, hi, ah, Kevin so McAllister, it's and... nice to see you. It's like, thanks, Don. It's like just a different time. Yeah. And now he's raking the fourth floor. So. It's... You know, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. and you Make know, America we, rake again. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> That's the line they're news. using. You know, it's weird because I think for people of a certain generation, mm. it's hard to look past what we already know. Mm. I see a lot of, like, young kids who like Trump, but they don't, they don't have any concept for what it was before. They just know him as this mm. particular version of what he was. Mm-hmm. I know him from, like, WrestleMania 6... When they pushed him off the screen so they could yep. talk to Lou Ferrigno instead. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just a different time yeah. and place. Um, I want to say something real quick to you, Beth. I'm going to get off this for now. Let me get, okay. get off. All right. <laughs> a couple weeks ago, you happened to see me in mm. my working I job did. when we came into Town Square Media for a, uh, a chaperone tour, uh, yes. for our tour group. And when you actually shows. chaperoned our tour group. Yes. Uh, so this question is for Dave. Dave. Does it ever get frustrating for you that every single person who meets Beth just, like, falls in love with her head over heels and they, like, need to talk to you about it all the time? Every one of my kids is like, that lady was so nice. And I'm like, I know, you knew her beforehand. Does that happen to you, like, all the time? Yes, it gets tiresome. He's lying. He's so lying right now. <laughs> she well, look. She's the star. I'm, oh, I'm okay with it. Up. You know, I I chauffeur her everywhere oh she gosh. wants to go. I'm gonna have to pay him twenty bucks and God knows what else. Later. Dave, I feel you because this show started as an engine for me to promote my friend Aaron Higgins, and it only turned into this by accident because like she had stuff to do, and I was like, well, I'm still here, Ooh, so we know who the real hard workers it's are. <laughs> we got it. Just keep carrying the water, boys. Keep carrying the water. <laughs> uh, so. I learned something about the radio, though. And again, I'm an idiot. So you guys are on uh, Late 98.7 Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday. 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. I wish. 5.30 to 10 a.m. 5.30 to 10. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. I always assumed that if you were like a, a radio personality or a uh-huh. DJ or whatever the word you choose to use is, if you have a 5.30 shift and you are late to work... The radio starts and there's nobody there. <laughs> but you got when I came to visit you guys, it was nine and you were out there in the world. Do you guys tape this stuff earlier? A portion. No, a portion. Just the nine o'clock hour. So just the nine o'clock. Just the nine o'clock hour. hour. But if so, at five thirty in the morning, if we're not there, the radio would start. It wouldn't start. Morning. Okay, so that's yes. real. Because I was like, I'm sitting here, I'm like, yeah, there would be just... nobody there. <laughs> we don't voice rock. Yeah. Well, it's weird because growing up, and again, I think it's a generational thing. I grew up loving the radio. 
Mm-hmm. It was like an important aspect of my life, like just especially as a Yankee fan growing up, like mm-hmm. listening to John Sterling sure. and mm-hmm. even locally. This, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put him out there for being older than he probably wants to admit, but even growing up, like Rain Man from K Rock mm-hmm. for a certain age and demographic. Mm-hmm. That was like a guy I am. Yeah. I was inspired by. I was like, I'd love to do what he does. Chris, by the way, is a great guy. Not just a really good oh. broadcaster for K Rock. Really good man. I like that you called him Chris because he gets mad at me if I refer to Chris. <laughs> In this forum, we can call him whatever we want. He's a he good guy. He hasn't been on a really long time. I'm gonna have to get him to come back yeah. on. He's a sweetheart. Did you guys have people like that growing up in terms of radio that sort of like, like, yeah, that's a voice that like got me going. I so now I'm gonna show you how old I am. I remember <laughs> in so I grew up downstate, right? So sure. I remember the day Z100 launched mm. as a radio station. I remember like those radio personalities, and I mean. I didn't listen to the station, but I remember IMS and people talking about IMS. Yeah. But like Shadow Stevens. Mm-hmm. Shadow Stevens. Shadow Stevens. Like <laughs> he was a big deal. He was he was one of the DJs on. Yeah, he was on the ninety five or ninety five like PLJ. Because he was also one of the guys on Hollywood Squares too. Shadow Stevens. Oh Hollywood. Yeah, I think he was the voice of Hollywood Squares. Shadow Stevens. And like Casey Kasem. I mean, I remember Casey Kasem when he was alive and doing the countdowns. I mean, I remember all. I mean, what. You used to listen, used to consume radio, I think, when we were kids in a completely different way. I mean, we sat there with our cassette tapes, like, trying to record, like, the songs off the radio and listening, like, literally listen to the countdown as, like, an activity that you did. It's not like a humble brag, but I try and tell my my students at school this all the time. I really do feel like there's a certain age, I'm like, I'm 32, right? Mm -hmm. And I think from, like, 32 to 37 or 8, and a little Mm -hmm. older, a little bit younger... The sort of last generation that saw the transition between like traditional media to digital media, yeah. right? At least the start of it. Like, because mm-hmm. I do remember calling people's houses and having to remember their phone numbers. I don't yeah. remember any of the numbers. Oh, but I remember the concept of that being a thing. Eight seven one four zero nine four was my, my phone number <laughs> when I was really little on Forty Sixth Street, and then it was three three one two two six six was our phone number in. Um, Staten Island Insane. <laughs> and then my dad's was 4396248 and my grandmother's was wait for it GE6 3930 724-1272 was my grandparents but also Jim's True Value Hardware where they were. <laughs> so that's the one I remember and I was a Knicks fan growing up in, in Vermont at the time so I remember Marv Albert calling games for the New York Knicks that's an amazing one though and because, uh, you know I, He's well, transcendent. Also, yes. didn't age well though. Didn't he bite somebody on he, the butt? Well, that or was, there was a Victoria's Secret in the hotel room, kind of yeah. like yes, there was one of those. But that things was that, in the nineties. That didn't see, like that story. That didn't happened. seem anywhere near as bad. No, well, it's like the story happened, and then they talked about it, and it was yep. kind of a joke. And he was off the air, and then he came back a couple years later, and was never really discussed again. Yeah. Right. Did he like a? He's admitted to it though, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I he's think. Like, he's, yeah, she looked yeah. delicious. Yeah. Can you well, blame me? This used to happen in baseball during the steroid era. Like, mm-hmm. all, all these people who would be like, I, like Rafael Palmeiro, like I didn't take steroids, wagging his finger, looking yep. like my dad with this mm-hmm. big mustache. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you were like a guy like Jason Giambi, who was like, Yeah, I took steroids. People were like, Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was it's like Lance Armstrong. Yeah, well, you know. Mm-hmm. You don't want to deny. Mm-hmm. Just, just own it. We don't care. Uh, I want to get back to the radio station yeah, really sure. quickly because there was a, another thing I sort of asked. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd never been in the town square mm-hmm. uh, building before. Mm-hmm. Two things. One, 
Yeah, in a really nice working environment. I've yeah. never like seen like what the working environment in a radio station mm-hmm. is like with that many people in it. Right. Mm-hmm. Has that is that always like that working radio, or is it just this particular group of people you? Well, I only like? have one other, ex- well, two kind of like mm. experiences. I was an intern, sort of, um, at the drive, and those yeah, guys yeah. were great. But I mm. didn't really interact with them. I did what I had to do, and then I, you know, like. When Justin and I were doing our drive show, we recorded it here. Yeah, and sent it into. Like, I recorded it there, the but I, yeah, you yeah. know, I saw Genesee Joe occasionally. Um, and then you know, at the previous thing, the everybody there was great. Like the individual people, like the other mm-hmm. personalities, they were fantastic. It was it was just a different environment. I, I find yeah. that Town Square is far more collegial. And Seems like it. We're you know we're way more at least Dave and I are you know with the other personalities with the uh, with the sales staff with the management staff it's just it's just there's a core of people there that are just like a joy to work with everybody. yeah and I agree and I'll add that what makes Town Square unique is that they are on the cutting edge we are on the cutting edge of technology when it comes to you know podcasting and Digital the ability video. to you know make videos and edit videos and write blog stories for the digital side of things and they insist on all of this at the corporate level that all of the DJs at Town Square uh, you know, are able not only to do them at a basic level, but also excel at them if possible. So well, I'm actually really glad you guys brought that up because that was something that I I can't remember your boss's name because I'm Karen. Older. Karen, yeah, she was really sweet. Mm-hmm. She gave the presentation uh, to our kids. She's a doll. But that was something that was brought up numerous times. Mm-hmm. Like this is a digital media company, yeah. mm-hmm. not a radio station. Was that something that like you guys had to adjust to, or did it feel like it was moving that way sort of anyway? I would say it wasn't an adjustment. For me, um, because I've always been sort of digitally aware, like I blogged before I worked there, so blogging for as part of what we did is fine. And to me, it just seemed normal. I mean, to Dave, yeah. I would say, you know, like you talk about the transition from traditional media to digital media. Dave lived that and worked that, yeah. you know, throughout his entire career. Yeah, although I love to write. I was an English major, so the writing part of it I actually loved. And, and in terms of learning new skills, I'm always open to that. And let's face it, when I first, first, first started doing radio, I was working with reel-to-reel tapes, mm-hmm. splicing tape with razor blades, and, you know, mm-hmm. now yeah. it's all digital. And, and I love, I love learning new things. So, I, I mean, it's, it's been a, you know, for her, I think Beth grew up with all of this stuff. Whereas I, that young, Jesus. You know, but, you know. I'm curious, just because you know what it's like to get mm-hmm. on both sides, did you... Do you ever get romantic for that sort of like old style of doing it? Uh, no. No, not at all. It's too it's too easy for. Oh yeah, the di- digitally editing things while you're on the fly in the middle of a show with we use Adobe Audition, yeah. Cool Edit. Um, it's it's so easy that I've gotten so used to it now. But but there's a there was a learning curve. I mean, I had to like practice and practice and work with it every day, and and I actually like that kind of stuff. I'm kind of anal in that way, so I like the editing process. So. Um, you know, I think it came easier for Beth. For me, it was sort of like, okay, this is the way it's got to be. Got to dive in with both feet. Mm-hmm. So from 5.30 to 10 a.m. every day, how much content are you guys producing on your own end? Well, we produce... So we're in at the radio station um, sometime between 3.30 and 4. Mm-hmm. And so from from my end, Dave is, produ- is picking up and going through, like, all the sound clips that's available to us, and we have prep services... And then I'm or usually, even discovering ones that yeah, aren't available. Yeah, just discovering stuff. Yeah. Um, and then usually I'm writing two pieces of digital content mm-hmm. and then creating, like we have a report, like a segment that's called What's Trending. So we're looking sure. for sort of local, sort of, you know, not breaking stories, but sort of interesting, sweeping kind of stories. Um, so we're, you know, I mean, we produce every, there are eight, technically eight segments to our show, right? 
Yeah, and then we try and blend sort of what Beth preps the digital portion of what's going to happen mm -hmm. that day, and I sort of prep the audio portion of what's going to happen that day. And then, then the goal put is to try to put them together if we possibly mm -hmm. can so that what we're writing about online is also what we're talking about on the yeah. radio show, if possible. And sometimes we walk in, like, you know, something will have happened the day before, and, like, in the moment that it's happening, we're like, oh, we're talking about this on the air tomorrow. You know? <laughs> See, I, I like the once-a-week format for me because mm -hmm. I have such a weird schedule. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know. I feel like if I was forced to come up with content every single day, I really start making takes about stuff, especially this kind of format mm -hmm. where we're talking for mm -hmm. like hour and a half, two hours straight. Mm -hmm. I get to start making judgment calls on things I don't really know enough about, or just making like hot takes to get people to listen. And I don't know if that's something necessary. I'd rather like take the best stories that I got from the week and sort of recap them and discuss them and make it sort of a mm -hmm. entertainment style well, scenario. I think AC media i mean like ac is a format adult contemporary you're really, <laughs> for those who hate you're really looking yeah. for it's it's i mean some of the stuff that's been like we have so right now we're on vacation right so mm -hmm. we are playing what's like our best of so they're just nice. bits we one of the things that continually gets calls like i'm not even making this up was i love the ice cubes from um what's the place the burned dairy. The burned dairy yeah. on um, okay. on Cambian Road. You have the best ice cubes. So every once in a while, I'm like, what do you mean, you know? like the shape? I the, the everything about them, <laughs> like so the ratio of air to water and the shape of them and the size of them and the crunchiness. And, and so of she them. brings this up on the air, and my reaction is, that's crazy. There's no <laughs> ice cubes in ice cubes. I was literally like chewing ice cubes. He's like, I'm not going to have a preference for like ice cubes because our refrigerator at work makes like nice crushed ice cubes too, but they're not as good as the burned dairy ones. <laughs> but none of them beat by the by the. It's ones at St. Luke's. Like, if you're ever in the hospital and you, those ice cubes are the bomb. I took myself to the ER the other night just, just so I could bring her back some ice cubes. <laughs> and I poisoned him just so he could go to the ER. No, I'm just kidding. But we took different sides on it, and then the audience loves that. They yeah. so call they, in. They I mean, start that's calling the in. stuff that people still... Well, like, somebody sent me a huge Facebook message about the ice cubes and the quality of ice cubes. <laughs> of all it's the weird. Things. We've spent so much time in Maybe Utica making mm -hmm. these crazy videos. We made the Back to the Future video, the Jurassic mm -hmm. Park video, mm -hmm. and the one video that we made that still has the most views was us in this kitchen, which yep. was not clean, yep. having a debate about which half moons were better. There and, you I know. Know, and it's weird yep. what yeah. sticks and what yes. sort of doesn't, uh, especially... Um, oh, look, Mr. Maiden Utica is sneaking <laughs> into the studio right now while I'm doing interviews. Hi, Justin. Oh, hey, Justin. Hi, Justin. I tried to come through He's trying to be sneaky because he knows coffee's in here. Um, so... So my, I guess talking to you guys the way it is, I don't think you guys probably struggle too much to come up with content. I some guess days, some days, some days. Yeah. Do you feel like there's a correct balance to find between local and national? Yes. That's something yes. I struggle yes. with on like a weekly basis. But here's yes. the key to it all: it, is is it good? I mean, my 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 thing always is if you're <laughs> digging too hard to find. So say you want to get three local stories and three national stories, right. or three. Uh, topical stories and three evergreen stories. I'm using yeah. air quotes yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. Evergreen, that could, <laughs> like the ice cubes, for instance. That could go yeah, at yeah. any time. So you're trying to balance all this. All right, we need an evergreen. We need a topical. We need a local. No, you need the best, the ones that are going to resonate the best <laughs> with the audience. And whether it's goofy and ir irreverent or whether it's topical and meaningful, take the best once. And I'm laughing because this is the thing we fight about the most. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. We will sit in the morning in the studio and I'm like, Dave, I already know what the topics are. Stop reading them to me again. 
And then I'll like he'll go through everything that we have, like prep and everything else. And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't like any of those. What else do we have? And, and, and He's I say, like, oh I say, my god, I it's 5:15. Pick. Say you got to choose some of them. These are I'm the like, top no, stories. No, I don't. This is much more professional than what I do, which is basically I keep about 900 stories open on sure. my phone, <laughs> and sure. then when I come back to the studio on Monday, I go. Which of these do I still want to talk about later in the mm-hmm. week? Um, I save everything on Facebook. Yeah. See, I also find this this is my biggest struggle I've noticed is whether or not I am overwriting or underwriting mm-hmm. my material. Mm-hmm. I've had success with just writing headline and be like, riff on headline. Yeah. Riff on headline. Sure. Yeah, we write like three words. We'll write okay, like, so you, yeah, you feel yeah, like we that, don't yeah. write we don't script out anything. Um, it's we'll write like um, we know the topic. So like if it's a story about some guy who lost his shoes, we'll just write guy with shoes. I mean, we might say before we go into that, like, here's what I think is the funny part of that. If you talk about how you lost your shoe the other day and we found it in the yeah. backyard, like that's. But beyond that, we don't script out anything. It's just I I did a um I did a, a sports commentary that went national at one point oh. for a few years, and it was it was picked you up. Know. Well, here's the back deal. in the day. Yeah, it was picked up by about sixty or seventy affiliates nationwide, mm. and the break. Well, it was it was a sixty second sports commentary on the biggest sports topics of the day. Nice, and it was just quick, boom, boom, boom. Th- usually three or four stories, rapid fire, mm-hmm. and my take on them with maybe a sound clip or something like that. Um, it got to sixty or seventy markets. It never got. It needed to get to a hundred. Yeah. And it never got to 100, and so they. I went from one syndicator to another, and they. No, it just. It. It didn't persist. But with the thing I learned from it that I was going to get to, pursuant to your question there, is that I started to overthink it. I started. To, I started to like. Well, what are the really cool stories? Let me dig a little further here. Let's see what other cute stuff I can find. No, you take the t- the stories yeah. that are quote above the fold, and you make those interesting because those are the ones those are the stories that people are going to be talking about anyway. So I think the same thing applies to what we do now in my opinion for the adult contemporary audience as opposed to a sports audience. Instead of taking Roger Clemens, you know, admits to steroid use and uh, you know, Jason Jambi hits three home runs in the game, you know, the um, the, the Cleveland Browns haven't won in yeah. you know 10 weeks or whatever. Those are the three top stories so you find a way to make those interesting. AC is the same thing. Hmm. Adult contemporary is the same thing, I Whatever. think. Whatever. I assume that uh, Beth is going to roll her eyes when I say this, but mm-hmm. I do miss doing sports. The mm-hmm. first part of my podcasting career was mm-hmm. doing sort of a satirical, mm-hmm. uh, making fun of sports while making fun of it show. Yeah, yeah. And when I, I wanted to do a sports show here, mm-hmm. and I did actually do a couple episodes of a, it was called For the Lads, and we were doing... Basically, me and Justin were doing Premier League coverage mm-hmm. and basketball and occasionally talking about football. Yeah. And I think the problem is, like, I don't I don't know how to say this without coming off like a, a dick. I don't care about hockey, so I don't want to do a show about the comments. Mm-hmm. Right? Is it? It's not that I don't like the comments. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy that they're here, and I'm happy that people mm-hmm. love them so much. But historically, I, I've never cared about hockey. Mm-hmm. Not as a kid, not in the NHL. I just don't care. Mm-hmm. And it seems like if you want to get traction for a sports show in Utica, you have to talk about the comments. And I just have a hard... Probably it's a good point. And that's basically what you know. the same thing we're talking about here. You know, yeah. you pick, pick what's going to be yeah. so above the fold for your audience in your market. And the other thing with sports... And Beth points this out all the time: is it's such a crowded field of podcast sports is such yes. a big killer. Unless you're really good talking about national sports in a local market, exactly. you're going to get lost in the in the wilderness of other mm-hmm. sportscasters. You just well, you you have such a small net to throw out mm-hmm. there. Uh, let me ask you guys a question because I've had this brought up many times on social media. You you guys are both pretty active on social media. Mm-hmm. When you guys touch on local issues, which has been a bigger hot button issue for you guys with your listeners? 
Downtown Hospital or the Tinny Brindisi race? We don't talk about either one of those. You won't talk about either one of them? No, nope. we wow. don't talk about politics. Love we it. leave that to IBX down the hall. It's And I mean, honestly, coming from a news talk station, there are days when something happens that I'm like, I am so glad I am not on a news talk station today, especially that one, because I would have gotten fired um, again. And But... We just don't, we don't talk about any of them. You know, we just, we stay away from it. Like, there are even things that happen on a national level with Trump. Like, even when Trump visited here, we are like, we sort of like, we like stuck a toe in it, but not even to talk about, just not to weigh in on it, to be like, here's what's happening. Like, the the sky is blue, Trump is coming, and it's going to be cold tonight. She's right. The audience comes to a show like ours for, to escape all that stuff. Yeah. It's like, you don't go to a pizzeria for Chinese. Yeah. Like, we're there to deliver pizzeria. We're there to pizza. pizza. But do you feel like the politics discussion over the last few years has sort of permeated much more of the conversation than it used to? Uh, I feel like the polit- political conversation is permeated. I also feel, oh my God, well, I'll give you, can I give this example? I think I can give this yeah. example. <laughs> so when Trump came, they wanted all the brands to cover it. Now, obviously, yeah. IB, we, so we have IBX, which is a news talk station, and then we have um, FM properties, yeah. or all music-based. So there's a country station, a classic hit station, our station, and we just bought WOUR, which yeah. is classic rock. Mm-hmm. And so we brainstormed, like, okay, digital content around... For the for the you know the FM brands, which is you know like yeah, the yeah. music stations, and I think one of ours was like, um, what restaurant would you have Trump try if he was in Central? And New I York? think like, I what? wrote, what golf course should he go play at? The comments. Sure. I spent the entire weekend mm-hmm. like trying to get f bombs off of our webpage oh. for both of those. It for, was for, insane. For the, for the most innocent like, treatment most, of yeah, of, like of, it was the know. least political thing. Like what <laughs> re- what food really represents the area? And people were like. Anything that F and Hillary Clinton would need, who cares? I hope he gets food poisoning and dies. Like it was like, oh my god, whatever. Yeah, it was insane. Insane. So that's to your point that it was was even those innocent treatments of the Trump Mm -hmm. topic were politicized by the by the people chiming in on the message boards. Twitter is such a weird platform. We have probably our most active listener base Mm -hmm. on Twitter, but we also get in the most active fights with people in the world on Twitter. I don't know if you saw the argument we may or may not have gotten in a few weeks ago, but, like, it's it's just people are either there to gloat or fight, and it's one or the other, mm-hmm. and it becomes very mm-hmm. frustrating and self-perpetuating after a while. I find Facebook to be like that. I don't... Yes. I think Twitter, I'm more like a... You know, I sort of talk to the people I know on there and engage to some extent, but I don't really super engage on there because I think it's so anonymous and people are crazy. The best thing about Twitter, I think, more than any other platforms, is the immediate response to something, right? Mm-hmm. So I was watching a wrestling pay-per-view last night, and something mm-hmm. happened, and I can go on Twitter, and there's 70, oh, yeah. 80, 90 people already tweeting about it. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. we like live tweeting, yeah. like, during yeah. the Oscars like or Twitter. something like yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I like Twitter, yeah. but I don't. I find that I get more hostility and more crazy people on Facebook. See, as a single 32-year-old male mm-hmm. with no kids... And who's struggling through school and life? I hate Facebook and Instagram because everyone's doing better than me, and I hate their guts. Mm-hmm. Like everyone on there, I'm like, no, this is all just a status thing. You're just showing off your best yeah. pictures. I hate it. Makes me so angry. Uh, but they're, they're probably not telling the truth, though. And yeah. and, and I, I think I read a study about that recently that make, that claims that it makes you feel worse about yourself well, by seeing this quote fault. But see, I, I feel like I, I don't have that. I don't feel that way. I feel like I have a better sense of like the different things that people go through because I make an effort to like friend people that listen to the station, the people I don't necessarily hundred percent know. So it's mm. not. 
I think Facebook, you tend to friend the people you know, and the people you know tend to be very similar to you. Whereas I feel like yeah. I get a good sense of what people are going through. This has been the first season where I've, I've unfriended people, blocked people, where I'm like, holy crackers, people. Uh, Twitter, somebody though, said I wasn't an American because I was a Democrat. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Twitter's like an echo chamber, though, too, in a certain way. I didn't realize this until a couple of months ago we had Larry Sharp on the show. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm not a libertarian, but I was happy to talk to him. Mm-hmm. He's an mm-hmm. interesting guest heck, for us yeah. to have on. You know what I mean? And once he was on the show, from then on, I'm getting tons of Larry Sharp tweets mm-hmm. in my in my feed. Yeah. And if you're only going by what you see on your Twitter feed, I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, he's going to kill Cuomo. He's going to yeah. win the state. Yeah, right? Right. And then he's not, not really close, but yep. I never really gave it that much thought. I'm like, why am I getting all this Larry Sharp stuff on my feed? Like, yeah. is he really doing that well? No, it's just that they've figured out that I mentioned him once. Now everything mm-hmm. is filtering toward it. Mm-hmm. Beth is famous for being able to uh, co- do the same thing that Anthony Brindisi is famous for, which is cross the aisles. I'm using the, I'm using the quote. The aisle, yeah. I'm getting less famous for no, that. No, but no, but one of, one, one of the most famous examples of it was when we were working for UTQ, the news talk station, and you know Beth is a Democrat. I'm mm. an independent. The quote available audience for a WUTQ would be Any probably talk, more really? conservative, sure. and. Beth made great friends with some of the people who were Facebook friends of the station who were right-wing zealots. Way right. And she sort of talked to them in a friendly fashion that probably is... is I'm not sure that I that you could do that anymore, though. No, I, I, I think feel you like have it, a you have a gift for that. I think you got a gift. You like are the, you the drunk says you got a gift. You're you drunk. You're good. You. <laughs> You're good. Uh, I don't know if I, I don't I don't know if I agree with that. No, but I, I find it's very. Does Town Square give you guys any like limits for what you can and can't do on your social media? Or do you think even you like you're in do whatever you want? On there? Um, I, I I think there's something in our contract about you know we can't be like f you or you know yeah. I mean, like within anything that would embarrass I think the company or which would probably embarrass ourselves and I just try and I because we are in like the reddest part of the bluest state yeah. I try and I try and be as middle of the road as I can like um, well, what's the thing my parents used to say it's like if you wouldn't say it out loud mm-hmm. you shouldn't put it Anywhere, well, that's right? yeah, my yeah. rule anyway. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I feel like if you're going to say it on social media, you should have the yeah. balls to say it anywhere. Um, but I, I find that, like, sometimes sometimes I'll share something, like a story or a fact or whatever, and I won't put a commentary. I'll just share the story and be like, let it sort of stand on its own, and then you, you can interpret it however you want. And, of um, course, we have our own personal Facebook pages, yeah. aside from the radio station right, right. Uh, page well, that we also... Well, re- the page is the station's page. Yes, yes. Um, our, I mean, our pages are our pages, but, yeah. you know, I mean, again, you don't, you don't want to, you don't want to do something that's going to be so alienating to people, and now, like, I mean, the, you know, it used to be like, you know, I'm not going to go take my dog and swing it by its tail and slam it against a wall, because that will piss people off. Now it's like, if you say, go... You know, Brindisi, it's crazy. But, There's but, a lot of tension, I yeah. think, yeah. In, a, in a way that didn't... I don't know, I, I talked to this with, I think it was Luke Ferry from UC. Oh, yeah, we love He's a great guy. I like yeah, guy. yeah, he is. But yeah. I, I think the idea was, and I don't remember if it was him or Joe Marino, but somebody was talking about this idea that in, the, in different time, people on different sides of the political spectrum, especially in Washington, would go in and say, we're probably not going to get everything we want. Mm-hmm. But as long as we get this and this, we can feel okay. And mm-hmm. both sides would walk away saying, all right, well, we didn't get everything we wanted, but we got something. And mm-hmm. that mentality seems gone. Let's go have a gin and tonic at the yeah. Bull, Bull and Bear pub yeah. together. <laughs> and not even just politics now, though. It seems yeah. like even just in like, yes. relations with people, whether it's like personal or social, it's not about 
compromise. It's compromise. It's I'm winning and I'm going to crush you. And it's like no a zero yeah, sum yeah. game. Yes. Right? It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I just finished reading um, this book. Simon Sinek. He wrote. I think. It, I think it was Simon Sinek. Mm-hmm. I could be totally making all of this up. Um, called Leaders Eat Last. And one of the things he was talking about it was a great book, by the way. Um, he was talking about. I want to say it was. It was either New. I think it was New Gingrich, mm. and he was talking about how he changed the, the yeah. how he changed politics. Everything. And part of it had to do with the fact that he set down, I guess, like a guidebook for um, congressional members and said, look, this is what you should plan on doing. You you come here, you work in Washington, D.C., and then you go back to your districts and you raise money and you do this. And they said that that really hurt politics because if you were on one side of the aisle and I was on the other side, yeah, we would we could debate like vociferously about something, yeah. but then we'd all go out and we'd we'd go shopping together for our kids' Christmas gifts, or we'd go have dinner together, and so people maybe disagreed but still respected each other. And and on the heels of what Newt Gingrich sort of proposed, it led to where we are now, where it's like the other yeah. side isn't like your yeah we're going to debate; they're like your enemy. I mean, and we're seeing that sort of per- permeate I think all of politics. I'll go back to that 90s documentary I talked about mm-hmm. at the very beginning. They have mm-hmm. a whole episode about the Clinton presidency and then a whole episode about the Bush uh, to Clinton transition and what Gingrich did to the Republican Party that talks mm-hmm. all about this. And it's... Fascinating. It's, it's prescient. Mm-hmm. It feels really like, wow, this was something that we didn't realize mm-hmm. now, but God, this is this is where mm-hmm. it began. And it's very... I'm, I'm glad that more and more people are going back to this. It's like the fifth time I've heard Newt Gingrich's name in like three months, which is kind of mm-hmm. weird, but yeah. yeah. It also makes you feel a little dirty. It does make me feel a little dirty. <laughs> uh, let's try and do something uh, a little bit cleaner. Then. We'll move yeah, away sure. from politics, okay? Uh, I picked a couple specific tweets from your streams, oh, and geez. we're going to discuss them. Dave, I'm going to start with you. <laughs> and I want to talk to you about uh, perpetuating this insane rumor <laughs> that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so go ahead. Do you do you believe it is a Christmas movie, yes, or are you arguing that it is not? Um, some of the arguments that we engage in on the Beth oh, and Dave shut morning up. show Tell the truth. Are, you think it's a you are, think it's a Christmas are purely movie. for entertainment you purposes. Are so full there should of be no wagering right whatsoever on this. Full stuff. of shit. Um, Listen, I think it's a Christmas movie, so you're not going to hurt my feelings. It is not a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas, sure, a Christmas movie. It's a if, movie that happens at Christmas. If it takes place at Christmas, it's a Christmas movie. Oh, my movie. God. Okay, I'll say, this is what I wrote down. It is a Christmas movie, specifically for that one scene where he says, I have a gun, ho, 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 and he's got it on the shirt and the Santa hat. Ho, but, ho, ho. Now ho. I have a machine I love, gun. I have a machine gun. I love Alan Rickman, by the way. I'm so I lo- I'm so you sad. have no idea. I love him dearly. And, um, and, yeah. It's a great movie, and yes, it's a Christmas movie. But I think what's important about that movie is not the Christmas thing, but that's like the Halloween of action movies. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the movie that you go back and you're like, well, I've seen this already. Like, yeah, because every movie ripped this one off. Yeah, but it's so good. That movie and, is so And every good. character in that movie had a little moment, even the, the most minor of the thugs in that oh, yeah. movie had a little moment. The, the screenwriter, John McTiernan, maybe, I yeah, think, McTiernan. wrote it. Yep. And just... <sighs> Brilliant, brilliant well, screenwriting. I'm afraid so, of my tweet. I don't know what to... <laughs> so, there is a... I don't know if you know this. This is my big nerd thing. Yeah. Die Hard is actually based off of a book, a novel. Yes. About a, uh, and the John McClane in the novel is actually an older gentleman. Mm-hmm. He's significantly older than Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. And when the original movie they made, I want to say it's called The Detective, or something mm-hmm. along those lines, the McClane character was played by... Uh, 
Frank Sinatra? Wow. It's super oh weird. Like, How do you not know that, Dave? I'm going to pull I'll pull it up for you later. I watched a video called Lost in Adaptation that compares movies to their mm-hmm. source material. Mm-hmm. They talked all about this. They changed everything when they brought Willis in because he was so much younger than what the character was supposed to be. And this year, I think, is the 30th anniversary of Die Hard. We were, tr- we were trying for a while to see if we could get a bunch of the actors and do an interview with them yeah. and uh, like and make a whole day out of it but it was very Mr. difficult Nakatomi? it What's was his very name's dead uh, Reginald Bell Johnson died not it, too long ago a lot of them have passed away some of them you you think you can reach them via their website or an agent you try and you try and you just keep i i, I did i went through this i, I wound up with dead ends everywhere mm. let me just say something else about it a movie that um uh, you, you were talking about source material. Uh, source material. Sounds now like I've lo- I've lost the train of thought. So move on, and like, I'll come back to it. <laughs> I'll move on. It's like Dory from yeah. Finding Nemo. Uh, Matt, so you put a tweet on here oh, uh, last week saying <laughs> that you were wearing pajamas in the studio. Hundred percent at work. Yes, I, I was. That even though you do that at work, you dressed up to come here, and I appreciate. <laughs> that. I did. It was it was the day we launched the Christmas music, so we all were wearing pajamas, well, except for Dave because he's not a gamer like that. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> hang on a second. Christmas music. Yes. You know Thanksgiving's not. For like three more days. Yes, right? you, you know that we don't decide, right? I, so. I'm sure you don't. But if <laughs> yeah. you talk to them about <laughs> this, is and if, no, if another station had changed earlier, we would have changed earlier. There's no Thanksgiving music. I guess what are you gonna do, really? Like yeah, gobble gobble. Is yeah. that it? Like the kids' Christmas? Yeah, my <laughs> my mother likes to listen to Christmas music on Thanksgiving. I don't, but I don't like to listen to Christmas music on Christmas. I, I really Ooh, see. I, I listen to Christmas music on Christmas. I have a really per- like okay. I like the Dean Martin version of Silver Bells because it's yes. so over the top. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's hard to pick what Christmas songs I like or don't like. I like yeah. Holiday Road, but I don't like like Jingle Bells. It's weird. I don't know what's my side favorite song. Well, what, what's the one that I really like? Straight No Chaser. They're, oh, they're pen- Pentatonics. No, it's not Pentatonics. Oh. It's Straight No Chaser. Oh, you right, said the other acapella group. They yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. They do a version of the Twelve Days of Christmas that is it hilariously is very good. funny. They did break into like dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. Like it's so funny so in Africa and it's they got their start at the University of Indiana. This group and they're just brilliant. they're amazing. Yeah, straight no chase. And I like the the um, Mariah Carey version of um, All I Want for That's a well, that's one. that's the number one most requested um, and most downloaded because Love every, Actually. Yeah. Hello. So um, another movie reference. Clearly a Christmas. And by the way, I can't, I'm going to come back to the movie reference now. Do it. Quick. I love it. So Silence of the Lambs, one of my oh, favorite movies of all time. Beth hates it. Really? Beth, I think hate is a strong word, Dave. One of the, one of only three movies that that, that swept all of the major Oscar categories. I don't know if you know the other ones or not. Oh man, Avatar. No, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and it happened one night. You know, back in the Cl- Claudette Colbert, you know, way back in the thirties. I'm skipping my history lessons <laughs> early, but uh, just so you know, to go even further into this K hole. Uh, on this day, 1975, uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest uh, was uh, dire- uh, was released. Uh, it wanted to win the Academy Award that year, 1976. And, so and swept the all of them. But anyway, the, the Silence of the Lambs reference I wanted to say, because yeah. you were talking about source movies. Yeah. Welcome to my The world. movie that started the Silence of the Lambs craze was a movie called Manhunter. Yep. Fantastic movie. movie. If, if you're listening in and Dan you haven't seen noisy. <laughs> and you haven't seen Manhunter yet, yeah, yeah. watch Manhunter. Who's the guy who plays the, the Hannibal Lecter character? Brian Cox. Brian Cox. That's right. Oh. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, Fant- William Peterson is the good guy in that movie. We, we would have... We could... 
getting drunk talking yep. about this. Oh my god. Your Twilight Zone Please. guy? Please. Nope. No Twilight nope. Zone. I don't no. like Twilight Zone. I don't no. like I don't like Ball I don't like Star Wars. I don't like um Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. I don't like Lord of the Rings either. Oh I mean, my even god. Even though I was an English major and had Who to read Tolkien. Are you people? No, you, 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 uh, I have a, my friend Adam refers to that kind of fantasy as hard fantasy and I have a tough time <laughs> yeah. with it. Like Game okay. of Thrones, Have you seen Lord Orlando Bloom? Nope, none of it. Zero. Elf? Yeah, I'd say that's a hard fantasy you know right there. Aragon, Viggo Mortensen, hard, hard fantasy. Uh, see, my sort of like fantasy like wheelhouse is like post-apocalyptic fiction. I read The Stand. I play that Fallout video game. I like that sort of. That's my hey, whatever. I'm not. I'm not telling you to change your mind. I want something where there's a princess and a hot guy with a sword. That's what I'm looking for. Princess okay? Bride. Fabio, Princess like Bride. A, yeah, not Fabio, but I'll take Viggo Mortensen all day. <laughs> kick him out of bed. Inconceivable. He is a hottie. Uh, so guys, it is two days before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. This is technically our Thanksgiving episode. I don't Ooh, really gobble, do gobble. I don't do anything special for it necessarily, mm-hmm. but uh, I know where's my stuffing. What are you guys doing for Thanksgiving? Anything special for you guys at the well, residence? Well, let me tell you. I'm <laughs> cooking a 23 pound turkey for yes. 15 people. Yeah, 15 people. Mm-hmm. 15 people are coming yeah. out trying to figure out where they're all going to sit. <laughs> Dave has conveniently injured his back and his elbow. Classic. Classic maneuver. So he is going to be keeping the couch warm uh-huh. and occasionally nodding in my direction and maybe if his elbow holds up uncorking wine. Oh, no. I can also click the clicker to make sure the foot That's proper true. football game is You're on. You're amazing. So. And you should get a bell that you can ring if you yes. need something from the couch. That's but make sure one. it's small so it fits up your ass. Hey! <laughs> also get me a sledgehammer You can bleep head, that too. out, I guess. No, don't I don't bleep anything out <laughs> Phil Farr has been on here many times. I can't believe anything out of the time. Yeah, uh, that's my job. Okay. Uh, do you guys do like traditional Thanksgiving? Do you anything special? Do you anything fancy food wise? No, no, I make the same. Like I, I make a core of the same things. I make the turkey, obviously. My one of my daughters loves mashed potatoes, so I make that. I make sweet potatoes, this recipe. Mm. I make my stuffing the same way. And then I sort of like, you know. And by the way, you had a franchise. request this year for the stuffing from the freshman at SUNY Oswego, Jill, mm. who requested Extra stuffing this year. Yeah, it's a good stuffing recipe. You don't put it in the turkey, do you? No, I do not. Good for you. Smart. Mm-hmm. That's bad for you. You can take that way. It's bad, and it's also, it takes longer for the turkey to cook. Well, your turkey gets dry that way. I put yeah. oranges in my turkey. I'm like Citrus. a lemon, rosemary, I yeah, stuff yeah. it up there. And I, you know good. what else I do is I, um, and it's, I've only been doing this for a few years, and it's amazing, is you take cheesecloth and you soak it in butter, mm. and then you lay it over really? the oh yeah, <laughs> and you lay it over the turkey, and it it makes the turkey mm. look gorgeous when you take her out. Um, I do oh. like creamed onions, creamed pearl onions. Yes, okay, I and see uh, that. yeah, Beth doesn't Ooh. care for that. But Jimmy Fallon did a great episode the other night of odd Thanksgiving traditions, and one of them was the ham slap. That, I think that was made up. I don't know. Oh. And he said, he, so he took he took tweets that people had tweeted in on the hashtag odd Thanksgiving traditions, and well, we do the ham slap where we just grab a piece of ham and go up behind somebody and slap them with a that piece of ham. Real. Said, You've been ham slapped. I don't believe that. I don't either. believe that. No, so we're not going to do that at our house this year or not? You should sell it. Though. You can slap your ham, buddy, but I won't be involved. Um, I have uh, a quick segment I normally do with people who have children. And I saw yes. you guys talking about the little parents' corner segment. <laughs> uh, your son just got his braces off. Yes, he did. On a level of one to ten, how psyched is he? He is like an eleven. <laughs> how He's long so he... psyched to do it. He's how long did he have mine for? About a year. That's not too bad. Well, More than had, a year, really? Well, what he that? had he had a palate expander, mm-hmm. so that's oh, like okay. they put that in and then yeah, they like yeah. crank it, oh, and then God. he had the braces on. It may have been over a year. Oof. But I mean, he's, it's so weird because he had like the metal ones. Mm -hmm. And so when they got him removed, his teeth look huge. Like, I don't know, like, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, ooh, damn, you got some big teeth there. But but those are just his teeth. How old is your son? 
He's 14. 14. So is it is just Fortnite all the time? Is that your life now? Oh What's my like god. The- yes. <laughs> yes. Fortnite all the freaking time. We actually are at the point where we're going to have to start like setting limits. Like if you left him to his own devices, he would be on Fortnite from for like 12 hours a day. Well, a friend of ours actually did that. Um, I, I asked him recently about setting limits for his son and they just as oh, an ex- my son plays with. Yeah, as an experiment one time they said, "All right, you know what? This Go on, however long you want. We're not even going to check. And I guess they checked, and it was 14 hours he was on that it's one insane. day. And, yeah, and he's kind of a jerk when he gets off oh, the computer. Yeah. Like, he's, like, I'll go in there, and, I'll, and you know, because he's got his headphones on, his little microphone. I'm like, dude, you know, dinner in five minutes. He's like, yeah, mom, whatever. Like, whatever you're making for dinner. I'm like, yeah, you can stop doing oh, that yeah. for your friends. And he just, like, doubles down. And, like, it's like a 45-minute, like, detox oh, when he goes to be in, like... Compromises your brain. Yeah, he's like a yeah. doof. Uh, so I had to sit in a classroom today that I'm student teaching for, and mm-hmm. uh, these kids were doing a small group assignment, and mm-hmm. I had to listen to the one dude, like, stumble through a full conversation about what happened in Fortnite last night, mm-hmm. and I wanted to kill myself. And <laughs> it's a real sign, along with the fact that I don't know any songs anymore, that I am getting... Far too old for many things as I get into my early 30s. So for fun, I pulled up a list for you guys. It's just called, What Shit Are You Too Old For? And we're going to play a quick game. <laughs> All right. Just a well, list of different things. Dave's going to be way older than <laughs> right. but okay. And uh, again, some of these are mostly silly, but we'll go through. Uh-huh. Uh, number one, hangovers. You gotten too old for hangovers. Oh, God, yeah. I was too old for hangovers at, like, 16. <laughs> yeah. I've never been a big <laughs> Last hangover I remember is from college, so that was a long time ago. It was a movie. Ago. That was the last hangover <laughs> I remember. Well, actually, that's not true. The last hangover I remember was an ill-fated Halloween party. Oh, yeah. Where oh, yeah. The, that was the pre-me. <laughs> yeah. That was bad. I made some bad life choices that mm-hmm. night. Uh, how about... Uh, sleeping on a floor. You get too old to sleep on a floor. <laughs> oh, <Okay>. Jesus. God. <laughs> I have a good story about that. I mean, I can sleep anywhere, so it's sort of like a net-net. You know, like, I've reached the point where I'm, I am get so tired that I could sleep in any position anywhere. That's a good point, actually. <laughs> but I will pay the price into the next morning. I, I slept overnight in a car in the last oh, yeah. two months. That seems like hell. That's because he's an idiot. Uh, so I went down to visit my son in New Jersey, who plays in a band, and um, is 32 years old, coming up this Thanksgiving. And I didn't book a hotel room. Yeah. And Raise so I went, your hand yep. when you get the stupid Classic. parts of the story. So <laughs> I started dr- driving around the entire metropolitan New York City area, New Jersey, calling every hotel I could think of, stopping in it, nothing, 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 nothing. I drove about halfway home, and it was like 1 o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, well, this is it. I'm going to walk into this last Hampton Inn near West Point, I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't have any, and I just said, "That's oh it." I, I pulled the car into the parking lot. I put I put the um, the, uh, the the, the yep. seat flat seat flat, and I just I, <laughs> well, that's like, where we're I slept. a Hill member. <laughs> he can sleep in the parking lot. It comes with our bennies. When, when we were playing in our band, we definitely had a conversion van where mm-hmm. if we had a button, the back seat would convert into a flat mattress, so nice. we could all sleep like logs next to each other. Aww. Very cute. Indian special, especially with Kevin. He's very tall. It's nice to sleep yeah. next to Kevin. He's very he's very warm. <laughs> that's um, why I like Dave because he's warm. He's, is that that's a big reason? Yeah, mm-hmm, I get it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I'll expand this even further. Are you to the point where you would leave some place to go sleep in your own bed as opposed to sleeping someone else somewhere else? Um, I think that if I've committed to sleeping someplace else, I will do that unless unless the, the accommodations <laughs> are not what I anticipated. And the the main thing would be if it was too cold. I would rather go home late and sleep in my own bed than wake up early. 
the next morning. I, I'm, oh, well, I'm, okay. In that I'm, circumstance, yes. I'm, I'm, I really have a hard time sleeping in like hotel beds. Like, oh, no, I, I could sleep anywhere. Which frustrates me. Depends who you're sleeping next to, I suppose. Are you sleeping? No, literally, I think for me, it comes down to temperature. Like, yeah. if I'm someplace and I'm freezing my ass off, I'll leave. But I, I'm very, I get very sleepy, so it'd be hard for me to drive. It'd be a very, it'd be a complicated calculus of how far away are we, how cold is it, how miserable am I. What about skipping breakfast? You guys too old to skip breakfast? Um, well, we, you guys are up really early, so yeah. So yeah, we like nosh. I mean, I have a cup of coffee at like by three thirty. I think breakfast then, is more important to me than it is to you. I, I I've got to yeah. have something to eat as I get moving. He in gets the morning. hangry. Yeah, he gets super hangry. Yeah, no, I'm like that. Too. Actually, yeah. like true hostile. story. I have not eaten anything today. I realized that before you guys showed up here, I've had three cups of coffee. But nice. Not... We should tell me we would have brought you something. <laughs> no, that's okay. I have. Um, no, that's their stuff. I can I can work on. Um, all right. We've gone about, we've gone longer than I expected. Uh, Typical. Very quickly, I just want to uh, shout out uh, where people can hear you again. It's like 98.7, Monday through Friday, 5.30 to 10 a.m. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you guys are also on Twitter at uh, Beth Coombs underscore and The Dave Length, which it, I swear to God, up until I realized that it was a play on Wavelength, I just thought it was a really dirty tweet. Yeah. I was like, what is he doing? Well, what? you think it's about Wavelength, I hope. but... <laughs> Um, so you guys have been on the show before, so yes. I had to come up with new um, questions for you guys yep. here at the end. Mm-hmm. So we have some new lightning round questions. All right. I was gonna uh, say we're so old we don't remember what the questions no, are. Just time. rerun them. Yeah. <laughs> so we will. Uh, so okay. I'm gonna run ser- serpentine fashion. We'll go a little bit. Uh, Beth, okay. I'm gonna start with you on this one. Yep. Uh, Beth Coombs, what is the worst job you've ever had? I worked as a cashier in Kmart, one of my first jobs Kmart. ever. It was terrible in Staten Island. It was, oh, I, that yeah. seems brutal. It was I, bad. Cashier's tough at, at, as a grocery store cashier, briefly, but mm-hmm. sales, I feel like, in a grocery, in a, like a store like that, it's... It was bad. Yeah. And it was like the old school, so there was like no barcodes and stuff. You had to like oh, key yeah. in prices, and people would try and change price tags. It was bad. I worked at a restaurant once where the credit card machine broke, and they actually busted out one of those old school, like, Yeah, that's how we did them. I... That wasn't old school. That was cutting-edge oh, yeah, so technology when I worked. Our waiters refused. We're like, no, just tell people, hey, <laughs> just tell people. They have to pay cash yeah. or go work in the kitchen. Dave, worst job you ever had? Um, I was, uh, summer of, uh, I was say 17 years old, I think in. So 1904. Ah, see what you did there. <laughs> uh, Minnesota, um, where my dad lived at the time, I, uh, waterproofed the foundations of homes with a bunch of guys. Uh-huh. And that involved this, um, carcin- carcinogenic tar mixture that you would, you would stand up on top of the foundation of the home Explains and spray this tar mixture on the uh, concrete around. Sometimes the eat it. Yeah. If you got desperate, I suppose. But yeah, that was, that I was a this. tough job. Physical labor, I yeah. feel like after a while, it seems it, like it seems again seems romantic. Like yeah, I get out there, work for a living, and then, but then yeah. like it's raining out, and you're like, this is terrible. Well, like, but you <laughs> should try it to know. Uh, yeah. To your point, Beth, about one of your other daughters, try it to that really drives it home that you don't want to do that yeah. for a living if possible. Not to denigrate those who do waterproofing as a living, it's yeah. fine. Listen, but like, I, I had to try out life insurance before I realized <laughs> it was not for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, That'd be a no. Hard no. Uh, Dave, you had to find another line of work. What skills would you put on your resume? I have no other skills. <laughs> Zero. Facts. Zero. He's not even lying right Next now. Next question. Go to bed. What about you? You're going to find a lot of work. She, 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 she has so many skills. She could find a 
work in anything. I, that's true. I, I don't know that I have so many skills, but I find everything so interesting. Like, it would Did just you ever be... think about education? I could see you being a, a good No, but people school. say that to me all the time. They're like, are you a teacher? I'm like, no. I mean, teachers work so you. hard. Yeah. They work so hard. Uh, politics. Yes. You'd be good in politics. I mean, you you know politics. Know. You I know you people. you do know it. No, I'm you just kidding. You. I don't hate people. I like politics and I'm interested, but I really don't feel like I want the. There's no there's no winning. It's like being a baseball referee. No matter what, somebody's pissed at you all the time. Mm. There's no way to please everyone. Everyone's up your ass. I'm not sure that I have a thick enough. Skin yeah, to I don't do even. I, I mean, like what I I mean, yeah. what I do now is hard enough. Like. I don't think I could do it. I was offered the head coaching job at Lemoyne Soccer. Yeah, you could do time. that, honey. You could be a soccer coach. And I coach. turned it down. I was in the middle of my radio career at the time. Wouldn't be actually a living. I was going to say, I've been waiting to talk about the fact that you have a yeah, UCFC <laughs> hat on. You have a France uh, soccer jersey yep. on. And yep. I'm a big time soccer fan. Le Coq Sportif. Uh, Le Coq Sportif is yeah. it's like the day an underappreciated brand, by the way. Yes. They used to make jerseys in the 80s. Sure. Which so. I, don't think, I don't think anyone makes those yeah, so I, well, I played pro, three, your, three years of pro soccer when, before radio. And who'd you play? I think we talked about this last time. Who'd maybe. You, played for the Buffalo Stallions, Buffalo Stallions. And, in the MISL and mm. the Rochester Flash in the outdoor league. You were so a keeper? I was a keeper, and boy, am I paying the price right now. I'm telling Dude, you. Dude, I swear to God, I think my most active soccer experience was living in New York, and I would mm. play with like the dudes I worked in the restaurant with. I was in yep. my mid-20s, and I was mm-hmm. probably... I wouldn't say I was in the peak of my physical form, because I used to run cross-country in high school, and that was mm-hmm. about as good as it ever mm-hmm. got. So yeah. did she. Yeah. 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 But goalkeeping was so much different than the rest of it. You really had to sort of have a certain mentality for it. Yeah. I, I respect it. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I had good hands, and I think that's what usually they stick the guy with the good hands in there. So. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but let's go to you for this one. Sure. What's the most interesting thing you've ever heard about yourself that wasn't true? Oh, my God. <laughs> There's oh, that's so a great question. Great question. <laughs> Um, the most. Oh I'll my answer God! There's so many. I hear so much stuff about myself on topics. It makes me laugh. <laughs> oh, topics! Go, that's oh a good one. Oh my God! Yeah. I'm famous on topics. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, oh, yeah. I'll give you two things. One, I heard that I was having an affair with a married lawyer from Ilian, and oh. I don't know any lawyers, married or otherwise, from Ilian. So I thought that was interesting. So no confirmation. About no, so I like show. couldn't even. But like sometimes you hear something about yourself, and you're like, oh, I get that. But that one, I don't even know where it came from. Then I also heard, um, so years ago, I had a woman who cleaned for me, and her name was Bobby. Fun fact, she's the woman that got arrested in Clinton for hoarding all the cats. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, she's a very nice woman, very nice woman. Very, loved animals, so I don't know what the hell happened there. But anyway, her name was Bobby. We used to call her Bobby, her name was Roberta, but we used to call mm. her Bobby. And I heard that I was having an affair with my Manny named Bobby, because obviously they didn't realize that Bobby was in fact a female. They thought Bobby was a guy, but like obviously had like a seed of fact. Correct Dear there. God. So that yeah, I've heard that. I've heard like so. I mean, seriously, I the whole podcast could be about the things that I've heard about myself and read about myself on things. I was like a drug addict. I'm a crack. I I used to oh, jokingly call myself yes. a crack whore for like years. And it's so funny. The Manny was the name of the character played by one of the characters in the This Is Us, the 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 TV show. Yeah. Oh yeah, the guy. Yeah. Justin. He was the yeah, Manny on the TV yeah. show. Fictitious yeah. So TV yeah, show. I mean, just every day there's something new and exciting about me. I, I I'm either like a recovering drug addict or, which is funny because I would be dead because mm-hmm. I have like a heart thing that would I would die. So. Maybe what about you? Any things you've heard about yourself that are interesting and also not true? Gosh, I. I can't. No, because they're all true. <laughs> they're all true. All of them. Yeah. I, or either that, or I just don't hear anything. I mean, that's probably my 
my problem. I don't, you know, so no, I, I can't, I don't know, I can't think of anything. Uh, what's something that you're a big fan of that we wouldn't necessarily assume you're a big fan of? Then? Um, I, I love Broadway <clears throat> musicals. Nice. Um, in fact, you know, Very when, nice. ex- well, except for the one that is her current favorite, Hamilton. Oh, I haven't seen it. <gasps> well, written, love it. Written by someone who went to my college, Lin-Manuel Miranda, Wesleyan <clears throat> University in Connecticut. But I don't, I don't I gravitate toward that type. I like the traditional Broadway musicals. In fact, get off I, my Broadway lawn. As a fraternity guy in college, I used to listen to tapes of like the traditional like Sound of Music and Camelot oh, and stuff God, like that because I, I grew up in my grandfather's house. I loved that stuff, and I would you know. So sometimes I, you could hear you know Camelot coming out of my room, and people would like look in at me like at the fraternity. I was like, what the heck. You know? yeah. Growing up for me, it was my sister was musical theater, mm-hmm. so I loved Into the Woods. That was mm-hmm. really into the Woods, she loves that. Love and it. out of the woods, and that's uh, Soundheim, and he's a legend. Oh, he's so, so good. good. I, and then uh, what was the other one? Mm-hmm. I was in drama club growing up as a kid, so mm-hmm. I did like Once Upon a Mattress and like Guys and Dolls and sure. stuff like that. And I, I do think that it was drama club was important for me becoming the person I was because mm-hmm. that was the first time I was allowed to be like, oh yeah, you can just sort of stand up and do your thing, and people like it. Right, yeah. like that was the first time that really came into my own. Then I joined a band. I was like, "Oh, I can make up all the stuff that I want instead of doing someone else's stuff." This is great. <laughs> when you're a jet, you're a jet all the way from your first cigarette uh, to your last dying day. Oh, okay, stop. So I was in oh, West Side okay. Story as well. So, I just saw that in Glimmerglass. So year, actually, calm yourself, sir. That was good though. Don't you got a good pitch. I don't let that stop me. What's <laughs> uh, one thing you're a fan of? People wouldn't necessarily guess you're a fan of. Oh my God! What am I a fan? I'm a big well. People would know that though. I'm a big fan of Power Tools. Really? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She, she's very good. Yeah. With yes. That, by yes, the way. I am. I'm good with. Tools. Well, in many ways, she's like the man of the relationship, <laughs> and I'm the female of the relationship. And I have a buddy well, of mine. Make me a sandwich. I have a buddy of mine named Kevin Shaftner, who's a golfer, who claims that that's what it takes to have a good relationship is for the guy to have some of the Y chromosomes and the girl to have. Except I have all of them. <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I mean, I'm not. Everything like I, I, I mean, the truth of the matter is, I just like to consume like all the things. Like I love science. I love, um, I love power tools. I'll try anything. Like if I can find a YouTube video for it or whatever, I'll do it. I dig it. Do it. Almost anything. And uh, last but not least, uh, Beth and Dave Cruz. Ask nicely. Uh, 98.7 like uh, FM Monday through Friday, uh, five thirty to ten a.m. Uh, well, I got you guys here. This is a good one to close on. You guys probably do this together. Give me one book, album, movie, or show you guys are currently reading, listening to, or watching. Holy Christmas. I am uh, currently, repeatedly listening to uh, songs from um, A Star is Born, which I thought was amazing. You, I haven't seen the movie yet. I've heard, oh my God, it's so good. Did you cry the whole time? No, but I definitely cried my face off yeah. at the end. No question about that. <laughs> um, and then I'm like a sap. And then uh, Hamilton soundtrack. And then right now I'm reading. Oh shit, I can't remember the name of the book. I'm reading like I'm. I'm always reading like four or five like nonfiction mm-hmm. books at the same time. One about um, I can't remember the name of it, but the same guy who wrote Moneyball. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Lewis. Michael yeah, Lewis. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. called the, the Gold. Something? No. The papers? No, it, and it's about like the. Is it the bull on the cover? No, nope. it's like red, white, and blue. The 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 I'll be the, about it now the um. I took it out of my purse while I was carrying it around my bag. But basically, it's about like the, so Moneyball was was how you could use statistics to make 
uh, non-traditional choices in baseball, right? So this is about what is it that makes humans make bad decisions so that you need the statistics to make a better choice? Like, what is it that biases us in a particular direction or otherwise? It's just a big book full of the words ego, pride, over and over again. Well, I just started it. It's very interesting. So I've been reading that, and I'm I'm like halfway through, like, two others, right? Well, you're also watching, and I'm watching with you, uh, The Good Place with uh, Ted Danson and uh, Kristen Bell. I've gotten a couple people on this show. Oh, my God, I love it. Except maybe you because Justin Parkinson, who refuses to watch past two episodes because he doesn't like it. But maybe you because Katie likes it, and I take credit for that. I I appreciate the fact that they never stick on any one particular storyline for too long. Yeah, really, really move through the narrative. (laughs) They do a good job that you would think that it would be frustrating, Mm -hmm. but I actually like the sort of way that it keeps the story moving. And I feel like it's gotten better and better too. I'm such a sucker for Ted Danson. I'm like a guy who loves Cheers, even though it's like out of my range for television. I love. I just love dancing. Love so, true story. My my junior was it my senior or my junior ring weekend um, at Providence College was the season was the series finale of Cheers, and it was the same night as the formal. Mm-hmm. Literally, we were all at the Mary, the Copley in downtown Boston. Everybody left the dance, went to go watch the oh, yeah. finale, and then came back. <laughs> true story. Um, and. I guess, am I answering this now, too? Yeah, yeah, please. Um, Because The Good Place is something I I share with Beth, although she's seen more episodes than I have. And um, other than that, my musical tastes are so varied. I don't listen to stuff that usually we play on the radio. There's a a Stevie Wonder album called Mm. Talking Book from Uh the 1970s. I I love that album. What's that other band you've been listening to all the time, the the jazzy, singery woman? Oh, um, Lake Street Dive. Have you ever heard of Lake Street Street Dive? Dive. Write down this one. I know you take notes on stuff from time Lake Street Dive. They're and, very good. Yeah, and there's a specific... Lake Street Lake, Dive. Lake Dive. Street Dive. And... Um, they were just in Syracuse. Not that long ago. Go, it, uh, go Down Smooth is the name of the song. Put, put Go Down Smooth and check out yeah. that song. They do a, a live version at a radio station in New York City. I think it's nice. absolutely fantastic. Um, the book that I read most recently that I really loved was pertaining to a topic we talked about earlier tonight. And it was a book called The Nix. Mm. N-I-X... Have, okay. you ever, have you ever heard of that before? It's on my Amazon list, actually. You should check it out. It's a The, the main character is a put-upon college professor mm. who has to deal with, quote, millennials driving him crazy in, col- <laughs> in class. And then it goes, it spans decades back to the Chicago riots and stuff goes on mm. there. So it's, there are historical aspects to it. And, and the aspect that we talked about earlier, one of the main characters is a, a gamer. Mm. Nice. And what happens to this gamer and his relationship to this college professor as the nice. book unfolds is fascinating. And if you look at the notes at the end of the Knicks, he has a bibliography that includes some of the articles that he read mm. to formulate some yes. of the fiction that goes on in this book. It's fascinating, uh, specifically about um, what happens to the brain when you do too much gaming. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Really fascinating. Makes me, don't tell me that I just... Yeah. If someone bought me Fallout 76, I'll be playing it for the next three months. Yep. Just because we're talking about book, here's one for you guys. I just right. got this one a few weeks ago. It's sort Ooh. of a historical fiction take. So H.P. Lovecraft? It's about uh, a runaway slave in the 1950s, or runaway, oh. like, uh, it, but it also has, like, Lovecraftian horror elements uh-huh. to it. how old I am. I just cool. like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good one for the Lovecraft country. It's uh, supposed to be cool. Great. I'm just, just getting into it. So Nice. Uh, guys, I want to thank you for coming oh, in. Sure. I appreciate oh, it. Pleasure. I hope dinner was good. <laughs> it's delish. Sorry we were late. Nah, it's Sorry. Like, you know what? Today was such a cluster that I'm just glad that 
I got everything done. I'm glad you guys could make it. Thank mm-hmm. you. Go enjoy your vacation. Thank you guys so <laughs> much for, for giving us the time. Thank Happy you. Thanksgiving. Yep, same to you. Thank you. We will. How I have to go clean the Again, another full hour. Dave and Beth, good conversation as always. Love always talking. Great. Always talking. I used to have it was a joy when I um, when I used to work for the brewery and I would have to go in on Thursday mornings back when they were still uh, on the Roger station there, mm. and I'd talk to them and it was always interesting, you know, because they always they got so much going on. There were always so many guests, but it was always really fun to go out and talk to them. They do a great job. Mm. Um, always interesting conversation. Great guests. Uh, they went really long. Yeah, I. We already did about 20 minutes early on. Does that mean you're cutting me off? you cutting my time? I'm cutting our time. This <laughs> is my time. Of... This is my time. <laughs> uh, let's blast through these history lessons then, basically. Oh. On this yeah, day... you can cut the time. Yeah. Hey, go ahead. <laughs> 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 on this day, 1805, uh, Lewis and Clark expedition reaches the Pacific Ocean, first European Americans to cross the West. Uh, so this is an interesting little side note, okay? Mm-hmm. On, Octo- on November 24th, uh, 1805... The party voted, the party that Lewis and Clark and all the people they were with, uh, voted to move their camp to the south side of the Columbia River near Astoria, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Uh, both Clark's slave York uh, and Sacagawea, who was a uh, Native American woman, were allowed to participate in the vote. So this may very well have been the first time in American history that a woman and slave were allowed to partake in a vote on American soil. So that's pretty crazy. That is pretty interesting. Pretty wild. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, I... I couldn't imagine making that journey. You know, I think we've probably talked about it before and talked about different times. Like, you know, people just going on covered wagons and going through like untouched, untamed wilderness all the way out to to the West Coast. It's just nuts to me to think about. Well, what's also crazy when you think about it is a lot of the roads and highway systems that exist in our country now are the same roads and highways that people traversed when they were crossing the country. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just wild that like well, even even like and even not just like highways and you know, interstates and stuff, but regular roads. Like a lot of yeah. roads, even roads we have here in Utica, were started off you know cow paths, and yeah, Indian trading paths and stuff like that. Hmm. Uh, moving on, 1863. On this day, U.S. President Abraham Lincoln delivered his Gettysburg Address. Uh, we've talked about this before, but I thought it'd be interesting to do the thing we've done in the past, where we read some reviews about performance from people who were there. I do not think they loved it at the time. Uh, 1931, uh, eyewitness reports varied on the performance. Uh, Sarah A. Cook Myers, who was 19 when she attended the ceremony, suggested a dignified silence followed the speech. Quote, I was close to the president and heard all of the address, but it seemed short. Then there was an impressive silence. There were no applause when he stopped speaking. End quote. Uh, however, other people said that the crowd was hushed in silence because the president stood before them and it was so impressive. Uh, such a speech, they said. So, again, this is a speech that gained more traction going forward. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's been, like, crazy speeches that we watch that will go down in history, like, 20, 30 years later that we haven't really given as much, like, time to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
like I, I don't mean it in a good way, but I think that moment during the 2016 presidential debates with Hillary and Trump, where Trump was sort of looming over her, that's like something people will talk about and discuss. yeah, but that's entirely different. That's not a speech. No, no, but that's I mean a like moment. You it, know what I mean? Speeches like somebody actually going yeah. out making a statement. Right, but like, um, is I there think, like a, a speech or a moment that you can think of like that? I'm trying to get to. The, like, yeah, yes. the speech that Obama made in Grant Park the mm-hmm. night that he won in 2008 okay. uh, yeah. will be considered. There probably be a few of his. Um, yeah. Couple others, some you know from other people here and there. Um, yeah, yeah, I think there will be. Yeah. It's different now. I think it'll be tough for anything to be so singular, uh, just because there's so much and there's so much more now and there's so much more coverage. You know, because like not to take away from you know Gettysburg Address something like that certainly, but I'm I'm willing to bet there were probably a lot of great speeches made in the 17, 1800s that yeah. nobody will ever hear mm. or nobody has a record of. You know what I mean? So now I think it's a little bit different because there's so many. So many options, so many speeches being made, so many different stuff, so many more voices, um, you know, being heard and reverberating across the world and stuff like that. That'll never be quite the same. I thought this was interesting. Uh, the Patriot News in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, was formerly the Patriot and Union, and it went back years later and retracted its original reaction to the Declaration of Independence or to the uh, Gettysburg Address, saying. Seven score and ten years ago, the forefathers of this media institution brought forth to its audience a judgment so flawed, so tainted by hubris, and so lacking in the perspective history would bring that it cannot remain unaddressed in our archives. The Patriot Union failed to recognize the speech's momentous importance, uh, and we regret the error. (laughs) I mean, it's such a thirsty move to make. But it's only it's only funny because they did the four score and like we did this and it was awful. But like you know, also by that same token, it's like nobody cares about you guys. Nobody cares. Like what a humble brag. Like oh yeah, when we were still a paper all the way back then because we've been around since the shut up. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Move on. Little humble braggy Move for sure. Uh, we've talked about this a million times. On this day, nineteen sixty-three, President uh, John F. Kennedy was assassinated by Lee Harvey Oswald in Dallas. Texas. Uh, even at the time, some critics did not accept the conclusions of the Warren Commission and proposed several other theories. Uh, because Oswald was never persecuted because he died before the assassination. Prosecuted. Uh, prosecuted, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was never any trial. Uh, because of that, there have been several films and mock trials over the past that have fictionalized the trial of Oswald. Uh, trial of Lee Harvey Oswald from 1964. The trial of Lee Harvey Oswald again in 1977, and then on trial, Lee Harvey Oswald from 1986. And then, in 1992, the American Bar Association conducted two mock uh, Lee Harvey Oswald trials. How do you think they ended up, just for, before I tell you the answer? Who knows? Who knows? First one ended in a hung jury, and the second trial acquitted Oswald of the crimes. So, there you go. Yeah. Who's to say? It's all speculation, I suppose. Uh, on this day, 1975, I mentioned this in the interview earlier. Uh, One flew over the cuckoo nest. The book, based uh, based on the book by Ken Kenzie, was directed by Milo Forman, starring Jack Nicholson. Was released. Uh, it would go on to win the Academy uh, Award one year later for Best Picture. Swept the Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not going to talk about that though, because we talked about him, the the movie itself before. What do you know about Ken Kenzie? The author? Yeah. I mean, I don't know much about the guy. I've read One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, the book. Um, I don't really, I don't know a ton about the guy himself. Mm. Uh, the novel, the novel itself, which came out in 1962, uh, he really, it really spoke to his sort of product and his particular form of writing. 
talked about the patience and the wellness that he had seen in his time in institutions as well, because he had taken place in voluntary psychoactive drug tests, including tests for mescaline, LSD, and he was a part of the infamous Project MK Ultra. Mm. So if you know anything about Project MK Ultra, look mm. it up on the internet. Uh, Kesey experimented with LSD recreationally. He advocated for drug use as a path to individual freedom, an attitude that was reflected in the views of psychological researchers of the time. And this time. Uh, Kesey exclaimed, uh, com- uh, claimed that his experience with LSD and other psychedelics uh, made him sympathetic toward patients and helped him to write the characters in the story. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting stuff. It's a great book. Because uh, I, I read the book after I had seen the movie. Because yes, everybody's seen I did the movie a hundred yeah. times. And I really enjoyed it. I thought, because, I mean, we say, we say it a million times and everybody says it, so it's, you know, this is nothing new here, nothing special, but, like, there, you can get so much deeper um, in a book because it's really, tr- like, in a book you can have somebody's inner monologue, somebody's inner mm-hmm. narrative, somebody's thoughts in a book. Really tough to translate that to screen, so you just get a, a deeper, richer yeah. experience. I blame, I don't, I don't know, it's just ir- ironic, but Shining and One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest. I watched both the movies first before I read the books, and both times I can't see anybody but Jack Nicholson. Mm. I just can't, right? I just, I, I can't see anyone being like, don't you want to put your hand in the air, chief? Like, it mm-hmm. just, I can't get away from it. And yeah. it's it's a shame that I couldn't experience them. Not a shame, it just is what it is. Yeah. That you couldn't experience it without it having that sort of... I can't remember how strong that was for me with One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, but The Shining, I actually don't really have that problem with. Yeah, believe it or not, when yeah. I read when I read The Shining, I don't picture Jack Nicholson as much as I would think for having seen the movie so many times. I probably don't now, but when I first read it, I certainly yeah, did. yeah, that yeah, makes yeah. sense. Uh, and on this day, nineteen eighty, uh, CBS banned Calvin Klein jeans commercial featuring Brooke Shields. Do you remember this commercial at all? It was like a commercial? famous when? it was a Calvin Klein jeans ad from the nineteen eighties no, with Brooke Shields. The tagline was, "Do you know what comes between me and my Calvins? Nothing." That was so scandalous, that particular line of dialogue, that ABC and CBS banned the advertisement. However, the buzz around the first ever high fashion design uh, boosted the sales of the brand. Uh, Brooke Shields became even more uh, famous, uh, and in 1981 alone, she was on the cover of over 30 magazines. Any thoughts about Brooke Shields? Uh, I remember Brooke Shields. I only remember uh, The Blue Lagoon, which is like a movie my sisters really liked as a kid mm, growing up. I don't remember. I just remember her being... Around, but I couldn't tell you anything I'd ever seen her in. Or if Did you watch was... Suddenly Susan? That was her big TV show from 1996. I, re- I remember those two words near each other, being mm-hmm. a TV show. That's it, though. Uh, thir- last year, uh, in 2017, 38 years after its initial air, uh, Shields reunited with Calvin Klein to model the brand's sexy yet sporty lingerie in their new line of clothing. So she's back, her and Calvin. In their new line called I'd Like Another Paycheck. I would like more paychecks. Uh, And then this is not even listed on my thing, but uh, 20 years ago today, for you video gamers out there, the video game Half-Life was released. This is not Mm. a super popular video game for like the mainstream audience necessarily. But much like the way during the interview I talked with uh, Dave and Beth about how Die Hard is sort of the jumping off point for a lot of action movies. They take a lot of tropes from that. Mm -hmm. Most modern shooting first-person video games take their tropes from Half-Life. It's hmm. really one of the first important, like, modern shooter games that changed the way that the story is presented and uh, what you can do with that genre. So definitely worth looking up if you're a gamer nerd like myself. Um, I've already gone longer than uh, than we w- I wanted to go. Um, 
I was going to talk about the wildfires going on in California, and we hope that Chris... Crazy. Did you read the story, though, that, like, people have their own private firefighting teams? Yeah, I'm not surprised. I guess I'm not surprised. It's like anything else. Like, if you're a doctor and you want to start your own private practice, there's nothing wrong with that, necessarily. Like, I guess you... It just seems weird. I never thought about, like, a private firefighting firm before. Well, that's... You think about it, because a lot of the places where these fires go around, these homes, I mean, these people are... It's true. ...are outrageously wealthy, you know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. they can... Hire people to be like, hey, look, protect my house at all costs, and I'll pay you very handsomely. You know what I mean? Right. That's the future. Like, as we're looking into it, you're going to see a lot more a lot more stuff like that where people have their own privatized uh, services up to the point of, like, security and almost military, you know, down the road when resources tighten up a little bit. Uh, other news this week. Uh, Juul, the very, very popular vaping device, uh, stopped selling flavored e-cigarette pods this week and killed its social media account uh, after it came under scrutiny for selling and marketing to teenagers the and young people. Teens love Juuls. They do. It's really, it's honestly not a joke. Like, I've seen so many Juuls being If smoked. I'm not mistaken, I think I heard somebody was saying the other day they're going to ban them in New York. Outright? Full stop. Yeah. Fully banned. Why? Okay. I get it, but why ban just that brand? Just because it's the most popular? No, no, no. Don't ban... Just ban the whole... Not just the brand. Hmm. Ban the whole thing. Interesting. Ban the whole the whole Vape God movement. <laughs> hey, you can't ban the Vape God movement, man. There's too many Vape Gods out there. That was the highlight of SNL for me this week, by the way. It was, uh, I don't think we watched the whole thing, though. I know, but that you was You can't good. watch one skit and be like, this is the highlight. This <laughs> one skit that I watched. Uh, a lot of people are calling foul. This is a story you might have a little more input than I do. A lot of people are calling foul on Amazon, announcing that their uh, second headquarters would be split between New York and Virginia after all these different states across the United States made these grandiose campaigns to get them to come here. Uh, do you feel like Apple was be- or, uh, Amazon was being shady here? What do you mean? Being a shady how? I, a lot of people are saying that it was like a big... It was kind of shady. They had like let all these companies just bid for them when in reality they were probably just going to go to New York and Virginia in the first place. Uh, I mean, prove it. Like, number one, what do these people mm-hmm. do to bid? There's there's legitimate gripes to have with this Amazon situation, but mm. that's not one of them. Okay, I don't think. All right, just curious. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and I don't know. There's there's a lot of arguments to be made. Unfortunately, the arguments against it that are getting the most traction are the worst arguments. Mm. And the good arguments, nobody seems to be talking about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. We'll we'll see what goes on. But I, what are they... What are, what I mean, this guy, these guys were basically arguing that this should be illegal. This process of, like, woo us over so we can send this big, game-changing company to your state. Well, then don't do it. No, I, I, then don't participate. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, what's it, illegal to be like, hey, we're thinking about building a new headquarters. Where do you guys think we should do it? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not Amazon's fault that these people went not spending all this money to try to convince that's them. That's a good like, point, yeah. You didn't know any better. You know, that that's on you. You can't blame you blame Amazon for a lot of bad stuff, but not for that. Um, and I have two unsurprising stories to close out the night. Okay. okay. Uh, they're unsurprising for different reasons. First one, not surprising. Uh, earlier this week, the CIA concluded that Saudi Crown Prince uh, ordered Jamal Khashoggi's assassination. I mean... Yeah. I mean, we're, we're finally there, right? Yeah. We finally got to what we expected it was uh-huh. going to be in the first place. Not surprising. Uh, and the other not surprising piece of news this week, and I think I just accidentally uh, deleted it from my phone like nice. an idiot. Uh, oh, yeah, Kennedy is, uh, Trump is skipping the Kennedy Center honors for the second time, making him one of the first presidents in history to do it twice, to skip the event twice. Again, not surprising. He's a coward. Huh? He's a coward. 
It doesn't seem like he would ever want to go. In the no. It doesn't seem like no, something he'd want to do. He'll be sundowning <laughs> at that point. Like, it's in the evening. He can't go anywhere out in public. He'll be sundowning. Uh, <coughs> last week, we very quickly... Did you see at the White House Correspondents' Dinner, they're not going to have a comedian this year for the first time in, like, decades? I love that my girl Michelle Wolf just coward. destroyed him. Destroyed the whole process. Anybody would have. It was Anybody would have. He can't... I'm glad it was her. I Just because I feel like she deserved the credit. Uh, all right. Last week, we very quickly talked about Stan Lee and, like, his impact and his passing yeah, yeah. away. Uh, for you folks who are interested, there's a really good article on open culture uh, about a free online course that he uh, taught called The Rise of Superheroes and Their Impact on Pop Culture. So if you're interested in, like, a free uh, online course that he taught that you can go watch on open culture, check it out. It's pretty good. I read a great pop culture article today that I will recommend. I love it. Um, I'm The Ringer. Mm -hmm. There is an excellent, excellent oral history which I'm a sucker for any kind of oral, oral history, history articles. Yep. I love an oral history. Um, but on Nirvana's Unplugged, MTV Unplugged, and the uh, event and the subsequent album and the whole process of going through it, that mm -hmm. was even, I'm a guy who, I'll tell I you, I think Nirvana's actually. a little bit overrated, but they're still, you know, a great band, a very yeah. important band, all that stuff. Um, I really enjoyed the article, though. It was great. Loved it. It was a good article. And I think if it's the same one that I read, it, it did a really good job sort of framing what MTV Unplugged meant in the first place. It, get, it helped a lot with context for stuff like this that, you know, even if you if you think you've got a passing knowledge of it and stuff, you still don't have the context of, like, being there. And when we were that age, like, we knew what it was. We were, like, 10. We didn't understand, like, the larger narratives of everything going on. So, yeah, I thought that was a great article. Nice read for if you're, you know, trying to not do some work at your job or trying to distract yourself before you go do something. Nice little read. Speaking of which, big plans for Thanksgiving for you? Uh, turns out Thanksgiving, um... In a complete shocker is this week. Yeah, I bought it. Complete shocker. Uh, so no, man, just a little bit of just a little bit of family hanging. You know, usual. What about you? Going up to Syracuse to see the family up there. Syracuse, huh? I got some family. I, you know, since my grandma passed away and Kelly's not coming home, mm, we're going through that too. Where you're sort of re eh. re reshaking up the hierarchy of who gets the holidays. I yeah, kind of yeah. dig it, honestly. I hate having dinner at my mom's house because. You have, always, to stay you have to stay longer. You have like, to stay longer yeah. when it's your own mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. I can sort of, of skate course. out. Especially your family. Your family uh, is is very taxing. You've got a lot of like, a lot of obligations. Like, you got to put in a certain yeah. amount of time. You know yeah, what I mean? Sure. Like they'll keep you up there. They're great, but yeah, yeah of it's course, a lot. of course, it's a lot. All right, uh, yeah, I'll be doing that for the most part. Uh, I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the best holiday. It's pretty much just hanging and eating on a Thursday, and then you get three days off afterwards. What a what a sweet deal. It's not what, bad. What a phenomenal holiday. It's not bad. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, Heather will be back next week, hopefully not with fever. Thanks to uh, Dave and Beth Coombs, Times Square Media, uh, Town Square Media, 98.7 Light FM. Check them out, 5.30 to 10 a.m. Monday Everybody through Friday. Town Square is great. You know, I said that too. Everybody I went up, up there is great. Nice folks. Yeah, yeah. Really, really are. Really cool working atmosphere. I was lucky enough to take a tour up there a few months ago with my kids. And yeah. It, it really... I had to go up there a couple times to do yeah. the Keeler show for, for the brewery. And I also worked with a lot of their account executives. And we also paired up and did that uh, Guys Expo event with them at the brewery. Mm. So everybody I met up there is just class act from top to bottom. Great folks. I'm just saying, Beth, this is the third time you've been on the show and neither of you guys have ever asked me to come down your show. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean... I'm just saying. You know. Put it out there. Nice to see them. Nice to see those two in an environment that's a little more fitting and deserving of their uh, talents. So that's cool. I like it. Uh, let's leave it at that, folks. Follow us at the Uticast on Twitter. We are also on Facebook, SoundCloud, Instagram, uh, Apple Podcast, Android, Stitcher. We're taking over the web. Sign our humanoids. Keep it tight this Thanksgiving. Woodstock lives, but the turkeys will not for much longer. Uh, that's it. Have a good one. We'll catch you guys. Thank you. Ooh. Thank you.